You're listening to the Boogeyman's Closet Podcast. Explicit language and spoilers ahead. You've been warned. We are back for yet another episode of the Boogeyman's Closet. As always, I am Mike Alvarez. Maurice Kilfer. And unfortunately, Susie can't join us today, but we do have two special guests joining us. Um, contrary to popular belief, I have not been replaced. Okay? <laughs> no. But no, Dawn is not. here. Dawn is here. I don't care how many times you have Sam or Corey on. All right? <laughs> And You're Sam is here so- also. Yeah, and Sam's here. <laughs> yes. So I allowed that. I allowed Sam to be here. Oh, oh thank I you, see. Don. Thank you. <laughs> what what about Brian? I know, right? Brian just seems to get dragged <clears throat> along into it. So I'm not counting anything against Brian. <laughs> Brian's there. Brian's against just as like, well. oh, I'm here. <laughs> He's like, I've been kidnapped. Yep. Oh, uh, <laughs> But we are continuing our our month of anthology movies, round two, with episode 198, Tales from the Dark Side, the movie, from 1990. Uh, it's an hour and 33 minutes. It's directed by John Harrison, who directed a lot of TV show stuff. He did some Tales from the Dark Side TV show episodes, uh, some episodes of Nightmare Cafe. He did uh, Tales from the Crypt, Easel Killia, and The Pit. He also did the Book of Blood film based on Clive Barker's uh, short stories and some episodes of Creepshow. So, uh, which is, we'll get into how that's significant, but um, let's uh, let's jump into the, into the cast. There's a lot of people here. Uh, I broke it up by section. So in the wraparound, we have Betty, played by Deborah Harry, who obviously we would know from Blondie, but also Videodrome, Rock and Rule, the Tales from the Dark Side TV show, Hairspray, Monsters, Body Bags, uh, the High Fidelity TV show, and one of my favorite Sega CD video games, Double Switch, with Corey Haim. <laughs> then we have Timmy, played by Matthew Lawrence. He was in Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, uh, Mrs. Doubtfire, Blossom, Boy Meets World, The Hot Chick, and I don't know if you guys remember, but that 80s movie called Pulse, where like all the electronics came alive. You guys oh, remember yeah, that movie? it was based off a <clears throat> Japanese horror movie. Yeah. It's, yeah. Well, and that's the thing. There's been like three versions of that movie <laughs> that's been made, but that one was was a lot of fun. Uh, but then we have Lot 249. Uh, we have Andy, played by Christian Slater. Obviously, we would know from Heathers, Gleaming the Cube, Pump Up the Volume, uh, Interview with the Vampire, Very Bad Things, that awful Alone in the Dark movie. He's in a lot of great stuff. Oh, it's Posters not on my wall. It's bad, but it's not that bad. <laughs> oh, but if if you know the source material, it's bad. Oh, oh I know the source material. It I has, just it I has like, nothing to do with the game at all. I like to watch it to see Tara Reed say big words. <laughs> 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 okay, that made me go into a coughing fit. Jesus. <laughs> um yeah, no, it, it, it pissed me off so bad because I was such a huge fan of the first three Alone in the Dark games. And then when that movie came out, I'm like, this has nothing to do with any of them. What the fuck? I was so angry. Uh, but then we have Lee, played by Robert Sedwick. He was in Die Hard with a Vengeance, uh, Law and Order, 30 Rock, The Following. And he did voices for my all-time favorite video game, Manhunt, 
which is a terrifying video game if you've never played it. And let's just face it, he's the Wish version of David Harbour. He really is the whole time. <laughs> I kept going, he looks so much like David Harbour. It was freaking me out. Uh, then we have Bellingham, played by Steve Buscemi, one of the greats. Uh, he's in Monsters, Reservoir Dogs, Tales from the Crypt, uh, Forever Ambergris. Ed and his dead mother, which one day will be on this we show. We will get that on here. <laughs> I know. I want to cover that, too. <laughs> I have that on VHS in a clamshell. Oh, it's so fun. It's such a fun movie. Uh, then we have The Big Lebowski, Pulp Fiction, Airheads, and most recently, The Dead Don't Die, which I don't know if you guys have seen, but it's a fun movie. It is. Yeah, we just rewatched that. Yeah, no, I, I just rewatched it a couple months back. It's It's a lot of fun. Uh, then we have Susan, played by Julianne Moore. She's in Cast a Deadly Spell, Jurassic Park, The Lost World, Boogie Nights, The Big Lebowski, The Awful Psycho Remake, uh, Hannibal, Carrie, Hunger Games 1 and 2, a lot of stuff. Then The Mummy was played by Michael Deke. He's in Day of the Dead, Ghoulies 2, Cellar Dweller, Pit in the Pendulum, Puppet Master 3. Basically a shitload of low-budget horror movies, especially uh, full moon movies. Um, but the guy has got quite the list of uh, of good horror flicks under his belt. Then we have uh, The Cat from Hell, which has Halston, played by David Johansson, who, I mean, you know, hot, hot, hot. Well, I'll remember that. Uh, I was in Scrooge, uh, Freejack. You're going to pick Buster Poindexter over the New York Dolls? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I am, because that song is like, it is such an earworm, and he references it in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, don't get hot. You can't get hot. <laughs> uh, but he's a Mr. Nanny, 200 Cigarettes and Oz. Then we have Drogon, played by William Hickey. He's in One Crazy Summer, Tales from the Dark Side, uh, Puppet Master, Tales from the Crypt, The Switch. Really great episode. And, of course, The Nightmare Before Christmas. That guy had that unfortunate, I forget what the disease was called, but he looked ancient when he was only, like, 40. <laughs> like, the poor guy was never really that old. Uh, then finally, we have the last segment, Lover's Vow, where we have Preston, played by James Remar, who we would know, of course, from The Warriors, uh, 48 Hours, Tales from the Crypt, Dead Weight, Mortal Kombat Annihilation, and the Psycho remake. Oof, he's got two oh. big stinkers. Um, How can you leave out Sex in the City? I was just going to say Sex in the City, and of course, he was Dexter's dad. Sam, do you like do you, do you like how Maurice knew Sex in the City and we didn't? I know. <laughs> Very amusing. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I, I, I knew as well. But... <laughs> and then we have uh, Kerala, played by Ray Dong Chong. Uh, I was in Commando, The Color Purple, Soul Man, The Principal, Poltergeist, The Legacy, and the uh, recent interview with the Vampire TV show. Um, she's friggin' hilarious in Commando, and I highly recommend watching that for her. <laughs> But let's go around the table and see what everyone thinks about this movie. Uh, Don, what are your thoughts? Okay. You're one of our two guests. So. Right. This this may get deep, guys. This may get a little deep. Um, so I, I when, when this showed up on the list, I, I texted Mike. I was like, I'm going to be on that one. I have, <laughs> I have a major backstory with this one. Um, so we all have that movie where it was like, you know what? Maybe I should explore a little bit more horror and not this this other stuff. And that 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 was this one for me. I for okay. some reason for I, well I shouldn't even say for some reason. Huh? I know exactly why. Dawn had already seen Heather's and was obsessed with Christian Slater at the age yep. of nine. All right, <laughs> makes sense. Yeah, and and I begged my mother to 
kids, here's an oldie. Uh, order it on pay-per-view, the Tales from the Dark Side movie. <laughs> Nice. And she went, you better record it on the VCR because if I'm paying fucking $20 for you to watch it, you're going to watch it over and over again, which exactly is what happened. Um, but this this is this is the, the start, I think, of where now I've seen horror movies before this, but this is where it's like we're going to explore this a little bit more. Yeah, <laughs> we're going to be like, what what other roads can I go down in the this, horror? That's us here. Your gateway. <laughs> this is this is the gateway movie. Te- even though, like, I've seen Nightmare <clears throat> on Elm Street, I've seen Halloween at this point, but this this was like, oh, okay, all right, <laughs> all right. I see my this is my introduction to to Steve Buscemi. Like, ah, I was like, nice. oh, like this is Steve Buscemi. Who's this guy? Because this guy's kind of cool. And every time I saw him after this movie, I was like, that's the guy from Lot Two Forty Seven. <laughs> Every time you, R- Reservoir Dogs comes up, I immediately went back to two four seven. My knowledge of of mummies came from Steve Buscemi and not Brendan Fraser. I'm sorry, my that's where my knowledge of mummies comes from. Um, everything I know, like when it got repeated in the mummy movies, I was like, yeah, I already knew that. Thanks, <laughs> I already knew that. Um. If you can't tell, that's probably my favorite of the three. Um, but, but um, yeah, yeah. This, 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 this is uh, this is. A, I probably still somewhere in this house have a VHS copy. The nice. VH, nice. the VHS recording. I have a feeling Heather. <laughs> I, I, I'm almost positive Heather's is also on that VHS recording. Good, <laughs> as, as well as yeah, right. It goes together well. Right. Right. <laughs> And I don't like, like, I'm that kind of person who's like, I have forgotten more about Heathers than you people will ever know kind of person. But, yeah, uh, that's why I watched this movie originally. It's because of Christian Slater. <laughs> if you guys want to talk Leave of the Cube, we could do that, too. Uh, you know, I, we can do it. I'm, I'm, still, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm still pushing for one of these days to do a Raised by Rentals of Pump Up the Volume. So oh, that, that oh, might happen oh, one of these days. <laughs> Oh. I, I would like to see that in a in a modern setting. I think that would be mm. interesting. That was one of my oh, first yeah. soundtracks I ever bought too. Great fucking <laughs> soundtrack. That yeah. is a really good soundtrack. You'd have a good dance party with that. Right? Oh hell yeah. But Sam, let's let's toss it over to you. Yeah. What are your thoughts on this? Okay. So I similar, Christian Slater. But <laughs> um my <laughs> so my dad's parents only had one horror movie at their house and it was this. So every single time I went to their house, this was the only movie that I'd want to watch because I wanted to watch a horror movie. So every time I went there for the summer, we'd watch this like every time we went to her house, which was multiple times throughout the summer. (laughs) And then, of course, Blondie being in it, you know, was amazing. And I actually had a nude set of cards of Blondie through Deep in Jerry's Closet that we sold already. Oh, nice. Yep. I, I will say, oh, may. Um, oh, may. Yeah. <laughs> I, I will say young Mike was very conflicted because uh, I had a huge crush on Deborah Harry. And then I saw this and she scared the shit out of me. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know how I feel about this anymore. <laughs> I was very confused. And then I also have a tattoo of uh, Corla. Oh, nice. Yeah. Well, it's 
it's her and her gargoyle form crossed over with Rainbow Dash from the My Little Pony. Oh, that's right. I forgot <laughs> yeah. about that. Yes. Which is part of my My Little Pony horror collage that I'm working on. I only have two of them done so far, but there's going to be seven all together. That's so fucking cool. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah, I, I forgot you had sent me the photo of that. That's, that's freaking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> because that's my favorite segment in here. See, now I need stuff. to see that. I need to see that. See, I'm uh, I, see, I'm torn because I like all three quite a lot, but I think I like Lot Lot Two Forty Nine the best. Um, just mainly for the cast. The cast is really good, and I love what happens with the mummy. <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> but but it's how I learned about mummification, right? I know, right? It, it, <laughs> it, ta- it taught us Sorry. all so much. Sorry, yeah, Brenda Fraser. Really, we yeah. knew about this before that. Not, we're not saying we don't like you, Brenda Fraser. <laughs> Thanks, Steve Buscemi. Thank you, Steve uh, Buscemi. <laughs> <laughs> but Maurice, what are what are your thoughts on this? Well, unlike you guys, I was older in life when I saw it. I didn't see it when I was younger, so I I don't love it like you guys do. I like it. I think it's all right, but mm. you know, you don't have that nostalgic love, right? Right. Like Sam's story, being the only. You know, movie there to watch. You know, mm-hmm. but you're not I, I do it. Ink. You're not gonna what? You're not gonna put it to ink. No. <laughs> no. But what about the a... soundtrack? <laughs> Is there a soundtrack? No. <laughs> Re- really, just so. really just the tales from the dark side theme that they then zhuzhed up a little bit. <laughs> honestly, right. A nice score. You gave us David Johansson. And Deborah Harry, and you didn't have either of them sing. I know, right? <laughs> yeah, really. So weird. You gave us two punk pop icons, and you didn't do anything with them. <laughs> it oh. was to get the music people to watch the movie. Like I feel like this movie brought in a bunch of different like groups of people for different aspects of it. Right. Well, maybe they didn't have a minute. I don't know. I don't know. I can't explain it. I really can't. <laughs> Maybe they thought the movie was going to be bad, so they're like, "We're not going to waste their musical talents." <laughs> we're not. Could, we're not giving you the rights to that. I, I could see that. <laughs> I could see that. But uh, much like uh, Don and Mike, my favorite is probably two, Lot Two Forty Nine. Mm-hmm. Uh, the cast is really good, and I think it's Julianne Moore's first appearance, her, her uh, debut it, movie. Yeah, it's her first film. Oh. So. Um, yeah, I said first appearance like it was a comic book. <laughs> <laughs> well, she she was in a couple of TV shows and like um, and like commercials and shit before this, but this was the first uh, feature length. I, I was gonna yeah. say you could you could definitely tell she was a soap opera actress. Yes. Oh, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like oh yeah you you were on like Young and the Restless, weren't you? And now you have an Oscar. How is that possible? She uh, <laughs> she hadn't fully she hadn't fully developed her acting chops yet. Yeah, you gotta start somewhere. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, that's my favorite. Um, quite honestly, I don't really like the cat from hell. I I, I think it's really? all right, but yeah, I I don't know. I I I, 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 I love that I don't one. Know. I, I can't get in even watching it critically this time. I'm just like I can't get into it. I'm kind of um, there with you. Like, I like the ending, 
but like mm-hmm. the rest mm-hmm. of it, just the way it's shot, I I don't know. I I don't like the the lighting and the angles. And oh, see, I love it. that. Yeah. I think it's done well sometimes, but I just feel like in this movie, like I just kind of get into it. I don't think like it really like went with the rest of the vibe of the movie. Yeah. See, I can um, kind of see that- both. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, real quick, I was gonna say I can kind of see both sides of the story because, like, I agree that the the way they shoot it, the angles, and especially the lighting, it has a very made for TV look about it. But I think that's part of the charm. So I kind of love it. Yeah. <laughs> so, I like, but, I love how some of it goes from like that very, very bright, bright blue. And yeah. then right into right back to present day. You yeah. know, like I love that. <laughs> but I'm sorry, Maurice, I cut you off. What were you saying? Now, every time I say, saw um, Drogon, is he the guy that played the voice of, um, did he do the voice? Was he the voice actor for, uh, Nightmare Before Christmas, the the, the, the scientist. What's his yeah, name? Yeah, the professor. Yeah. Professor, is that him? Yep. Yeah. It, yeah. I, was, I was gonna say it sounds just like him. He actually did a lot of voice acting, uh, but that's probably his most famous uh, voice acting role. Okay. I was gonna say, man, he sounds. Sometimes you hear a voice and you're like, "Oh, it's gotta be the voice actor," and then you look, it's like, nope. Yep. But, okay. <laughs> but uh, I, I I did enjoy Lovers uh, Bow. Mm-hmm. Um, I like James Remar. I most everything he's in minus four <laughs> combat and psycho um, and, and psycho. Well, I for, I forget he was in that. I, I actually did forget he was in that. But uh, I thought this was, was really good too. It's uh, obviously my second favorite. But uh, um, overall, I really enjoy this. I, I like the the scenes with um, Deborah Harry and the boy. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I didn't realize it was uh, he was a uh, Lawrence until I saw the end credits. Yeah, you, did, you didn't recognize old Maddie Lawrence. Oh yeah, <laughs> no. Probably, I was more probably... of a, I was I was I was a Joey Lawrence fan. I had a crush on him. No, I was <laughs> Whoa, who did it? <laughs> I was gonna say that Matt, Maddie Lawrence is, I think, the most talented of the three Lawrence brothers. Yeah, I, 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 I agree. I, I agree. Yeah, yeah I agree. Even though Joey, Joey, Joey <laughs> even though Joey had that awesome album that I think Michael May probably still has. Oh, I'm sure uh, he still. I know he still has it. That that was on our our list of do not buy back CDs at Media Play when we were buying back used CDs. <laughs> <laughs> there was an actual list that oh, you yeah. like wouldn't take. Yeah, we oh. had we had we had to compile a list because after the first month, like. Everybody sold back the Gregorian monks chant. Oh, uh, why? It, oh, it, that was my dad's favorite. That's what we had to play at his funeral. Snow, Ugh. Snow's Informer. Oh uh, God! You know, uh, um, Aqua's album with Barbie Girl on it. Good. Yeah, um, it. What was the other ones? There was there was that one, the Joey Lawrence one. I can't, I can't remember them all, but there was like there we had like thirteen or fourteen albums that we were just like we weren't allowed to take back anymore because we had way too many copies and they weren't moving. CNC Music <laughs> <laughs> nah, I don't. Surprisingly, I don't think that one was on there. Um, but yeah, it, it was it was hilarious. But, oh, the other one was um, the the album with uh, the thong song on it, Cisco's album. Um, I forget which one it was, but that album was one of them because everyone bought it for the thong song before the CD single came out. <laughs> We're really dating ourselves here, CD singles, folks. But uh, the young, the young kids listening don't know a thing what we're talking about right now. (laughs) Exactly. 
Come on, so, come on. So, there's no there's no young kids listening. Oh, there there actually are. There actually are. Oh, Tegan, they, I Tegan, ask your dad oh, what, okay. what CD singles are. I, I forgot about Tegan. I'm sorry. My, <laughs> my niece and nephew occasionally listen to. <laughs> See, young people. We're oh, getting the man. the next generation. I should yeah. watch my fucking mouth then. Oh well. Uh, <laughs> we warn at the top. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, Maurice, there. we keep cutting you off. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> oh, that's fine. Uh, like I said, overall, I enjoy it. Um, if, if the second story is better, I'd probably enjoy it more. But overall, it's enjoyable. I watched it a few times. Yeah, see, I, I'm kind of, I'm kind of there with, uh, with with Sam and Dawn as far as like I watched the hell out of this when I was younger. Um, me and my sister, we loved the TV show, and uh, so when this movie came out, like we couldn't wait to see it. And uh, we <laughs> we rented it, we taped it, and we watched the fuck out of it. Like, it was constant. Um, so, yeah, I, I definitely think this is, a, is one of those anthology movies that you should, you should watch if you're a fan of anthology horror. Um, I actually do like all three segments quite a lot. I think I probably like the, uh, the, the Cat from Hell the least out of the three, just because it's the least exciting, but I find it hilarious. So I do like it. Uh, but yeah, I definitely would say Lot 249 is at the top and then Lover's Vow is second. I really love the way uh, Carola as the, as the gargoyle looks. I think she looks fucking awesome. Um, it's just like that. It's that creepy Muppet look <laughs> that that only like 80s and 90s animatronic puppets can, can achieve. But uh, such a cool look for that character. But yeah, overall, big fan. So definitely would recommend but now, do you guys know the history of this? Like, how this came to be? Because this this is yeah. something I, I've just found out. I was out. hoping you could tell me. I'm like, gonna say, Mike's going to know. Please explain. So, We're going to so, let yeah. you just go anyways. Because, you know, the listening audience does not know. Yeah, well, know either. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. This was originally supposed to be Creepshow 3. What ended up happening was after the success of Creepshow 1 and 2, they wanted to do a Creepshow television series. But due to the rights being tied up with so many different people, Romero and King and some of the producers moved along to make a TV show and they changed it to Tales from the Dark Side. So the Tales from the Dark Side TV show was supposed to originally be Creepshow, the TV TV series. So when the success of the show... You know, when it was so so successful, they were like, let's do a movie again. And they did Tales from the Dark Side, the movie. But it has a lot of the creep show people involved with the film. So King, Romero, uh, K&B Studios, all of them were involved with this. So uh, and, and um, oh, my God, why can't I think of his fucking name? Uh, uh, horror, uh, <laughs> horror special effects artist extraordinaire that's a total dick. Why can't I think of his oh. name? Savini? Thank you, Savini. Jesus Christ! I, I'm sitting here blanking on Savini's I, name. And Robert, I love how, you just, I love how you, all you had to do was say "total dick." And we yeah. Knew it. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, Sam, I'm sorry. What, what were you trying to say? I, you got cut off there. Um. Also, um, Rob, um, Burton or Bun. Also, did he do some of that? Oh, Rob, Rob Oti. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I don't. I didn't see Rob Bottin, but I, I saw um, Greg Nicotero was involved. Okay. So, yeah. but uh, but yeah, like it 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 kind of blew my mind that uh, this was supposed to be Creep Show three, and it makes sense because it came like Tales from Dark Side of the Show came right on the heels of Creep Show two, and then it was like you know again very similar in feel and tone to those films, um, and 
Stephen King did a lot of the short stories for it. So it's like, that's really fucking cool. Uh, unfortunately, we eventually got a really bad Creepshow 3 that has like one good segment. and uh, But now we have a great Creepshow TV series. So it all came full circle. <laughs> but let's jump into the meat and potatoes of this episode. So first we got the wraparound where we see uh, Deborah Harry coming home to uh, her nice big house and getting ready for a dinner party where it's revealed that she's going to gut and cook a small child that she has locked up in her pantry. <laughs> Which again, as I said before, young Mike was very conflicted. So this was a very confusing pubescent time for me. <laughs> I want to know who her contractors are. All right. I was just about right? to say that. Like because that was who? a serious dungeon. That was a serious like, dungeon and a serious yeah. oven. All yeah. right. Oh, how do you, yeah, how definitely. Fit a whole person oven. Hello. Without <laughs> well, any questions. Clearly, she's used to cooking long pig. Maybe, maybe <laughs> she killed the contractor afterwards. I don't know. Ah, that was <laughs> that was the first dinner party. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I love how casually she's discussing like gutting and cooking him. She's like, oh, yeah, well, first there's the evisceration. He's like, evisceration? She's like, yeah, it's like gutting a fish. We're going to slit you from your belly to your neck, take on all the stuff that's not meat, and then stuff you with herbs and spices. It's like, Jesus Christ. Just like mummification. Right. Oh, we man. learned so much. So much. Right? Yeah. This movie did teach us a lot. I will yeah. say that. Yeah. Horror can teach people. Yeah. But, um, so we, we find that she's given him a big tome of, of horror stories called Tales from the Dark Side. And she talks about how it was her favorite book as a kid. And he uses that to distract her. He tells her he wants to read her a story. And so we start our first segment with Lot 249, which is basically Rich Dix versus, versus Steve Buscemi. So <laughs> <laughs> Poor Steve Buscemi. So it's, uh, you know, it's it's this guy who's a um, he's a history student who is also collecting, which I'm sorry. It, it's so unbelievable that he's just able to buy a sarcophagus with a mummy. Right. I, <laughs> I was going to say that, too. Like, mummy just coming to their house. Like, what? Like, <laughs> like he's, he's able to just buy it and flip it. He's so you're rich poor, like that, you can. too, that he can't. Well, yeah, but he's not. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's the poor guy. He's so the poor like, guy. What? But it was before the internet, so he could have maybe got it underground through some black market. Yeah, but see, then it's, I would then I would think it wouldn't be a real mummy. It was just like some some you know mafia hit. Well, that that's they what they up. thought. He's just dumpster diving behind the museum. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, look at this. Their 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 pharaoh exhibit was done, so yeah. they just trashed it. <laughs> no one wants this mummy anymore. Bye. <laughs> But we so we find out fairly quick that uh, that Lee is uh, in direct competition with Bellingham uh, for what was it the Pen the Penrose, Penrose scholarship? scholarship yeah which yeah. I want to know how much the scholarship is right because he says he's like yeah I know my parents sent me every year to Europe but now I have the scholarship money to buy a Maserati right how fucking yeah. much is the scholarship to buy a Maserati. <laughs> Well, well, it was it was a fancy school. This was in the eighties, so probably what twenty grand back then. No, I looked it up. It was like thirty grand, so that's still oh, okay. like way, that's still a lot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, apparently that that school cost Maserati money. <laughs> oh. 
but yeah, so we find out that uh, that Lee is kind of cheating, that his his girlfriend, Susan, who is Andy's sister, um, was writing all of his papers for him, and she framed Bellingham by stealing a Zuni fetish doll, which is a nod to another uh, anthology horror film, Trilogy of Terror. So she stole a Zuni fetish doll and pinned it on him, which I, I love his, his uh, comment of, I loathe oh Zuni aesthetics. Yeah. <laughs> We get that moment where like the movers are moving the giant lot 249 into Bellingham's apartment and, um, you know, Andy and Lee want to know what's in the box. So Lee kind of one ups Bellingham. Bellingham goes to tip the guy and he's only got like three dollars in his wallet. And Bellingham's like, hmm, here, and like hands him a 10. It's like, ooh, big spender. <laughs> now, ten dollars back then was worth <laughs> <laughs> I mean, true, $10 in 1990, that's like, hey, that's that's a decent tip. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know. Fuck, I'll take $10 now, guys. I'm just saying. I, yeah. True, true. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it might only get you a soda and a bag of chips, but, you know, soda and bag of chips. If that. If that. <laughs> if, depending on where you shop. <laughs> exactly. But uh, but yeah, so long story short, they, they're like, hey, we'll, we'll call it even, you know, as long as you show us what's in the box. And I, I love this because Bellingham gets a fucking crowbar. And he's like, you got to see what's in the box. <laughs> it's like, I just kept going, what's in the box? Oh, it's a mummy. Okay. <laughs> oh. I was hoping for Gwyneth Paltrow's head. <laughs> I know, right? Just a little flash of Gwyneth <laughs> Paltrow. Uh, she's in there with a bottle of goop. Um, <laughs> to be honest, though, it, she would not have been out of place in this movie. <laughs> no. no, <laughs> She would have been in fine somewhere. Yep. Well, I mean, it was the early 90s. She, yeah, yeah, she was still doing stuff like this. But, um, but yeah, we get this is where we get the mummification explanation. Like Gaze talked about, he talks about pulling the brain out with a sharpened hook and, you know, taking all the vital organs out and stuffing them with flowers and whatnot. And he just, Bellingham starts gutting the mummy, which, again, I get what, why he's doing it, but why would anyone believe, like, first of all, he was able to buy a sarcophagus with a mummy. <laughs> And two, he just immediately starts destroying it. <laughs> like, Movie's I, got a movie. Right, that, but I'm like, why, why is Slater just standing there like, oh yeah, this makes perfect sense. <laughs> <laughs> like, it sure doesn't. But I do love, uh, I love the way Buscemi plays this, where he's he's reaching into the mummy's like chest cavity, and he's pulling out various flower pieces, like, you know, rotten flowers. He pulls out some onions, and then he goes, ooh, fortune cookie, and he pulls out a scroll. <laughs> Every time he says fortune cookie, I lost it. It's like, it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> so, you know, he, he un unravels the scroll, and Andy's like, can you read it? And he's like, you know, what do you say? Like, can you read, you know, 3,000-year-old hieroglyphics or something like that? It, it's ridiculous. They're big words that none of us know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, long story short, Bellingham uses the scroll to awaken the mummy to get revenge on Lee and Susan for fucking him over. So, what do you guys think total of, the, of this episode, of this segment? Oh, are, I'm so thrown off now. Did I did I fall asleep? No, we, this is this is the discussion format. If you've been listening to the new episode, I have. <laughs> It seems so, so abrupt. I'm sorry. 
I loved hearing the mummification process, like we already said, like earlier and stuff. And that was pretty brutal when he was stuffing those flowers in her back. Oh God! Yeah, when the mummy kills Susan, great. he he yeah. slashes her back open with scissors and just like crams flowers, and it's like fuck, that's gruesome. Yeah, the flowers was... that Lee got her earlier. Mm-hmm. I was like, what the hell is that? Is that coleslaw? <laughs> Looked like yeah. coleslaw. It was like a handful of white petals. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's putting cabbage in there. <laughs> but yeah, I I think the uh, the death of Lee is probably my favorite in this, where he just the mummy <laughs> sneaks into his fucking apartment, takes a coat hanger, like he he thinks to go in the closet and get a coat hanger and straighten it out, and then because he, he knows what that is. Right, exactly. <laughs> And then he's like, he's like, oh, yeah, this will work. I'll get that brain. And he fucking fish hooks his brain and yanks it out and throws it in the fruit bowl. <laughs> like, I have so many questions, though, about this segment. Like, why did, and I, I can't remember her name, Julia Moore lie that she saw the, the bird. Like, you saw right. him. Like, you don't know he's a mummy. You didn't know right. he was a mummy. You could have just said, hey, it was a guy who smelled like dirty flowers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, and and she, she didn't tell the cops shit. Yeah, like, it's like why? Yeah. Like you, you, you could have. The, the whole reason she she uh, needed to say something about that was so Andy would know it was lot two forty nine because she's like, right? He he was a thin guy who smelled of dead flowers, and Andy's like, oh, lot two forty nine. Like dun dun dun. Right? There's a lot of things. It's just like, oh, you know, you're spelling all this out for Andy, yet you're trying to hide everything else from Andy. Does Andy does Andy know I did all that for you? Oh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> like, like, what? what? Like, I, like, like, there's just, like, why, if Andy's such a rich guy, why is he still in this, why is he in the same, like, apartment complex as Bellingham? Right, exactly. <laughs> and why yeah. does Bellingham's apartment look nicer? Right. <laughs> it looks like a bigger place. Because he's rich at heart, and he knows ah. how to take care of his there's, stuff. There's just oh my god. Let me. I'm I'm gonna look at my notes. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> yeah. Why is okay? Here's another thing. Why is she just allowed to sit there at the crime scene? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like they're like in there getting fingerprints, taking pictures. She's just sitting down next to him. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, you guys need some coffee. <laughs> She's like, eh, it's fine. I was yeah. done with him anyway. Right. Like, oh. Because she's used, she's used to being in soap operas where you can be where you're not supposed to be and you just get away with it because we're not going to do reshoots. That's true. <laughs> and, like, why was she writing his papers? Like, she seemed like a pretty ambitious woman, you know? Like, mm-hmm. she has her own shit to do. <laughs> well, and, yeah, and she even points out, she's like, when, when after Lee is dead and she, like, takes his ring off and throws it in her suitcase, she's like, oh, he had terrible taste. It's like, so clearly she didn't like the guy right? that much. Right? Like, but Lee's... she was writing papers. Yeah, she like, was doing all of his work. Like, to be honest, Lee's a dick. He's not an asshole. Like, there's right. a difference. <laughs> like, she's yeah, a yeah. dick and an asshole. <laughs> she's both. She, she's a dickhole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. Oh I, my I, God. I do want to say I really like how the mummy looks in this yeah. segment. Now I I will say when you when we get the real close up look when uh when Andy is dismantling the mummy, it's very obvious that you know there's a mask on <laughs> on a uh, an actor. But you when mean, you see you be with the strongest electric knife ever. 
Hey, them them turkey <laughs> them turkey carvers are no joke. <laughs> I mean, he's a three thousand year old mummy too, so he's gonna fall apart pretty easily. Yeah, really. That All is dust. true. Yeah, because when when he does start cutting them apart, we just see dust dust and bugs falling out. Yeah. But uh, but no, I I do love the way that mummy looks like when we see him in the shadows, especially when he breaks into Lee's apartment and we get that moment where Lee kind of he hears something and he's watching Dawn of the Dead, by the way, and he, mm-hmm. he gets up and walks through his apartment and we get that pan by shot where we see the mummy just standing in the shadows holding the, the coat hanger. I was like, OK, that was fucking yeah. creepy looking. <laughs> but yeah, so eventually, you know. Andy puts two and two together and, and kidnaps Bellingham. Well, he knocks him out and ties him up in his apartment. And I love this this moment where he uh, he, he freaking is ripping up Bellingham's notes and putting them under his chair. And he's like, what, what, are, what are you going to do to me? And he goes, I'm going to start a little fire under your chair and roast your nuts. <laughs> like the way he <laughs> says it is so fucking good. It was totally his character from Heather's right there. It totally, yeah, where he was pretending to be Jack Nicholson. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> pretending, or were they actually just Jack Nicholson? He, he I'm telling it. you, I'm telling you, Jack Nicholson died years ago, and it's just been Christian Slater ever since. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that that very well could be, considering how accurate that impression is. Yeah. Uh, but, so yeah, so he, uh, Bellingham, you know, tries to wake up the mummy, and uh, Christian Slater's like, oh, you know, I was prepared for this and pulls out the turkey carver <laughs> and just <laughs> saws off the mummy's leg and then saws his head off and throws his head in the fire and, you know, tells Bellingham that he wants the scroll or he's going to burn him. And he's throwing the lighter fluid on him. Bellingham finally tells him where the scroll is. So he takes out the scroll, unravels it and lights it on fire. And Bellingham tells him it's irreplaceable. And he's like, yeah, I certainly hope so. So he lets Bellingham go. Basically, he he knew that Bellingham was fucked over by his sister and his friend. So it's like as much as he was pissed that the guy k- killed his sister and friend, he was still like, eh, they deserved it. You can go free. Yeah. <laughs> Which is kind of crazy. But uh, so we see Bellingham leaving campus and he's like, don't worry, you'll never see for, you'll never see me again. And then mutters under his breath, but I'll find a way to keep in touch. And by he leaves. Way. This is the first time I ever realized that it was two different scrolls. Really? Yeah. <laughs> and all my years of watching this, I just assumed it didn't burn. Like he threw it huh. in the fire and then he just dug it out. But then <laughs> what about like, the joke? To the yeah, because that's that, the thing. I just, I just assumed he was saying he's a dumbass. Like really? <laughs> well, yeah, all he's... these years. He's in the back of the cab reciting the words from the from the scroll while laughing. And the cabbie's like, hey, what's so funny? And he goes, oh, I was just thinking of this guy I know who couldn't distinguish a third dynasty sacred scroll from a piece of post-Alexandrian pictogram porn. And yeah. the guy just turns around like, uh, okay. I just assumed he was like, dumbass doesn't know these scrolls don't burn. You know, kind of thing. And it wasn't until I was like, oh, shit. It was a different fucking scroll. And it was porn? Yep. <laughs> like, it was post post Alexandrian pictogram porn. That's right. <laughs> so basically dirty drawings. Right. <laughs> like deep in Jerry's closet. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so we cut Deep back to- or just right up front. <laughs> I mean, or, I, I I keep mine in an accessible spot, so you know. Or hanging in my bathroom. <laughs> that that too. <laughs> 
<laughs> Sam, Sam knows what I'm talking about. Sam knows what's hanging in my bathroom. <laughs> Something naughty, I'm assuming. Do I? <laughs> I want, I want that, those dick pics. And I hang them in my bathroom. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> nice. Oh, my God. Nice. <laughs> Wall of dicks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, never mind. All right. <laughs> but we cut back to Don, Andy. Don just got a crazy decoration idea. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh oh. So, at our one friend's house, he has a Polaroid camera in his bathroom, and his wall is people taking pictures when they're in the bathroom there. And I've never used the bathroom at his house. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, I can't I, say that's where the story ends. Yeah, there, there is no way I would use that bathroom. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I may or may not leave that bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I just trying to memorize all of it. Don's gonna be sit, sitting there with her camera, just taking photos of photos. Right. <laughs> Who's <is> this? This. <laughs> hey, Joey. No. Uh, <laughs> I reckon I recognize that mole anywhere. <laughs> So, anyway, we cut back to Andy in his dorm. There's a knock at the door. It swings open to reveal the living corpses of his sister and best friend. Susan holds up the scissors and says, Bellingham sends his regards. Dun, dun, dun. And back to the wraparound. (laughs) So, Blondie is ready to carve up the kid and get him in the oven. She's like, oh, it's almost time. We got to get you in there. What did she say? It was like uh, seven minutes a pound or something like that, or 12 minutes a pound. It's 12 minutes a pound, yeah. Yeah. She said... She says it's been a while since I've done long division. Yeah, that's right. And then he he's like, he's like, oh, I just want to tell you another story. It's super scary, and I, and it'll be super quick. I promise. And she's like, I don't know. You got to get in the oven pretty soon. He's like, I promise it'll be quick. She's like, okay, like. And at this point, according to the clock, they only have fifteen minutes until the latest time she can get him in there. Right, and she's still got to gut him. Yeah. So and she uh, said that, was that took an hour. hour. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's uh, she's 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 losing out on her, her prep bath time. Is way off. Yep. <laughs> or she just can't read a clock. I know it's analog, uh, but come on. Maybe that's. I mean, you know, that's a that's a thing nowadays. Apparently, people can't read yeah. <laughs> read clocks. But we cut to our next segment, the cat from hell, where basically old man Drogon hires a hitman to kill a cat. <laughs> so, we see the uh, the hitman coming to this huge mansion of a house. Uh, his name's Halston. And he's kind of in disbelief that he's been hired to kill a cat. So Drogon gives him an explanation. He explains how this cat has already killed three people. Each one of them died at midnight. There used to be four people living in the house. It was Drogon, his sister Amanda, and her best friend, and then the butler. Uh, the cat came around. The butler tried to scare it off. But Drogon's sister saw the cat and took it in. Drogon tried to tell them to get rid of it, but they wouldn't listen. So first, her his sister Amanda was killed when the cat tripped her down the stairs, and it looked like an accident. And then her it's sister's always tripping. <laughs> and I don't know. I, I I know you guys all have cats. <laughs> Fucking Bella, she does that thing where she'll run in front of me and then stop on the stairs. Yep. It drives mm-hmm. me crazy. I think all cats do that. Oh, yeah, yeah, I have that with the dog. <laughs> A much bigger yes. animal to it's trip like, over. Get away, move! Uh, I'm trying to get down the stairs with glass. <laughs> oh man! But uh, uh, Carolyn's uh, Amanda's friend 
you know, takes the cat and hides it in her room, refusing to let Drogon near it. So one night, the cat latches onto Carolyn's face, smothering her. I'm sorry, but this scene, I was pissing myself laughing. Because it's just like a fucking stuffed animal strapped to an old lady's face as she flails about. <laughs> I've got, I've got, a, I've got words to say about it. But Go for it. We, we got it. See, at the time of this movie, I had the world's, like, hell cat. All right. Like, this cat was known for doing drive-by pawings. Like, you would just be standing <laughs> in the middle of a room. This cat would come in and go smack, and then you go running. It was her house. We lived in it. It was a black cat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so when I watch this one in particular, there are certain things that I'm like, I'm having flashbacks going, oh, yeah, I changed doing some things because of this segment. Because I had a black cat at that time. Like, I... That cat was not allowed to sleep in my room after 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 watching that segment. Like, mm-mm, mm-mm. I saw what you did. I saw what you did to that lady. You ain't you ain't gonna try and steal my breath, literally by latching on, because that cat would have latched on, and I know that mm-hmm. cat would have latched. On. <laughs> yep. So so I I I and this uh, this is gonna sound funny because you know I'm ten years old at the silence. Remember this. I used to like cover my mouth over with the blanket because I was afraid the cat would jump down my throat. <laughs> <laughs> See now, I feel like someone traumatized Stephen King at a young age with cats because th- this is his story. Yeah, and he does the same thing in Cat's Eye, where he talks about the cat gonna Stealing you know like breath. yeah. So yep. it's like, did someone really scare the shit out of him as a child, <laughs> like about cats? Yeah, so that's actually a perfect leeway into mine. So for this, I remember always hearing that. Like, people were really afraid of it. Like, you'd hear, like, adults talking when you go to parties or whatever. And, you know, um, elderly people especially were always like, yeah, a cat can take your breath away. And I remember always hearing, like, people say that and people actually, like, believe that and stuff. See, that's that's the funny thing is, like, I only ever heard it from from movies and then it, it, it kind of creeped me out because i mean we always had cats and you know but it was like it was never enough to be like oh, i i think they're gonna do it it was like you know mm, could they like it was always that like question of are they gonna kill me in my sleep i, don't know. I probably traumatized my family anyways from watching I, this so much <laughs> i was gonna say now like every night i have a cat that's like sleeping on my chest like it's yeah. like all right whatever all right yep. you're there okay be- Lucy, I, I give her a look. I like, Lucy, don't you steal my breath. Sorry. <laughs> See, Bella I basically letting her know. <laughs> Bella basically wraps around the back of my head and just lays there. I'm like, okay, whatever. Right, like Quint curls up at my feet. Ralphie will sometimes like just scoop up next to my arm. But like, yep, Lucy's like on the chest. Like, <laughs> yeah. this is my spot. That that's what Rufus does to Jess, and he's he's a big boy. He'll just yeah. like flop on her. L- Lucy's not a that's light crazy. girl. Yeah. <laughs> if See, Quinn did it, I'd be dead right now, guys. I'm going to say Quinn's Quinn's the the weight of like a toddler. All right. So, like, <laughs> he he would crush me. I'm like, okay. So he would steal your breath. He would literally steal my breath. Yes. <laughs> and you're a soul. <laughs> Oh no, he's an orange kitty. He doesn't have a soul himself, so he won't steal mine. Uh, well, that <laughs> that might be, but that might be why he wants your soul because he doesn't no, have one of his own. No, he's just kitty. He won't he won't steal my soul. He gets along <laughs> with everybody. 
He likes me. And so after the uh, after Carolyn dies via stuffed cat, um, we finally get the the butler gets the cat and Drogon sends him to the vet to have it put down once and for all at midnight because you know that happens. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, for what he pays, I'm sure he's got a vet on speed dial. That's I was true. Gonna, I was gonna say I we did have a cat one time that had to be put down and it was pretty late at night when it when it got put down. <laughs> See, I and that's that's the thing because I've I've had sick cats where it's like, you know, late at night they they're you know they're starting to show signs that they're not doing so hot, and we've been told like you either have to go to a an emergent a, a, like a, an emergent vet like one of the vet emergency rooms or yeah. you have to wait till the morning, so it's it's and now it's a lot more expensive, um, it's just fucking crazy, but uh, so yeah, so the 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 butler is taking the cat and he's got him in a basket like Belial's from Basket Case. He's going on a picnic. With like just a little latch on it. He's yeah. going on a picnic. And then, of course, the, the cat gets out of the uh, the basket and, like, runs by slashing uh, the butler's face repeatedly, causing him to get into an accident, and the butler dies. A week later, so, the cat So the returns. butler didn't do it. Yes. But I do have to comment, <laughs> the butler's name was Dick Gage, which cracked me up. <laughs> yeah, I got a Dick Gage for you. <laughs> With your name on it. <laughs> hi oh. Hey. <laughs> but, you know, so the hit, the hitman seems very skeptical about this story. And Drogon goes on to basically say that he thinks the cat is supernatural and was sent to punish him. That he made his fortune on pharmaceuticals and his company's main drug or his main drug was tested solely on cats due to their unique nervous system. He believes that the cat is sent there to exact revenge on him for his company killing 5,000 cats. Fucking oh. dick. <laughs> I know, right? Halston <laughs>, laughs, claiming he could kill the cat right there and now, but the cat scratches him and takes off. Drogon tells him it won't be that easy. He tells him to kill the cat, bury it, and bring him his tail so he can throw it on the fire and watch it burn. And then Drogon's like, I'm going to go into the city until the job is done. Bye! <laughs> and he <laughs> takes off. <laughs> I love this though because uh, Drogon tells me he's like you know the house contains everything you could ever want food, liquor all the... <laughs> and then Halston does it? does it? does it? Well, it's like a, sing a singular egg, a stick of butter and baking soda in the fridge yeah do does it have cake? <laughs> does it have Halston beer in it though? no that's in the next episode <laughs> And apparently, you know, he, he uh, uh, Drogon buys the cheap shit, as uh, as Halston says. <laughs> but long story short, uh, Halston, you know, goes after the cat. First, he tries to poison it. Um, can't get a hold of the cat. Cat scratches him a couple of times. Um, then there's the scene where he's like, OK, you know, I'm going to I'm going to wait for the cat. He's got a knife and the cat decides it's going to scratch his balls. <laughs> so <it runs laughs> That's up what my note is. I was like, oh, my dick. I don't know how I'm going to figure out what that was. <laughs> I was I, like, why do you write that? Oh, my dick. <laughs> and, and see, here's the thing. Halston made the, uh, he made the exact noise you should make when that happens. His <laughs> voice went up about six octaves, and he <laughs> was just yelling gibberish while swiping at the cat. I mean, that's about legit. Right, that's what I'm saying. Because the cat latched onto his nuts, and how much it tore those pants, you know he was hurting. <laughs> like, it fucked him up. So then he was like, okay, fuck that. I'm getting a gun. <laughs> he gets his gun with the laser sight, 
and waits for the cat to come and eat some food, gets a beat on it and shoots, and the bullet goes right past it and hits the TV. And he's like, he's like, I never miss. I I I have so I have quarrels with this right there, right there. Not the shooting. Mm -hmm. Why didn't you just fucking poison the fucking food? You had the poison. Yeah. Why didn't you just put it in the food? Apparently he's not that smart. Uh, worst hitman ever. All right, just saying. Worst hitman ever. What were you saying, Maurice? Huh? What were you saying? Uh, I I pretty much said the word same thing. Worst hitman ever. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, so he he you know tries to shoot at the cat and he misses. Chases after the cat, shooting repeatedly. The clock strikes midnight. The cat's like, "Fuck you, you're dead." You know, Halston's out of ammo, so it decides to jump down his fucking throat. <laughs> that scene freaked me the fuck out right? the first time I saw it. <laughs> but watching it critically, it's hilarious. Oh, yeah. It's fucking, oh, yeah. It, it, yeah. It, 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 when it comes back out, it's like, oh yeah, you're tearing the mouth. Like, you can see it's a rubber <laughs> mask. <laughs> but when it when it goes in, like it's it's little it's little hindquarters is just wiggling, it's just wiggling back and forth. <laughs> so the next morning, Drogon comes home to find dead Halston laying on the on the floor. the 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 clock strikes noon, not midnight, and the cat climbs back out of Halston's mouth, freaking Drogon out, causing him to have a heart attack, and then it sits on his lap and cleans itself. No, no, technically no, it was it, midnight. It was, yeah. because the clock had stopped working, and it clicked yeah. to start working. Oh, yep. see, I just and then when the clock was... jumped back, it, yeah. it started. Oh, but then it wasn't actually midnight. The clock just said the clock was stuck on midnight. That's not yeah. midnight. Well, the clock doesn't lie. Yeah. <laughs> but it totally does. It's broken. You know what? The cat was having a nice nap in some stomach acid. Yeah, exactly. I don't know how it lived through stomach acid. But, and, well, you know, it got woken up. It got pissed off. Obviously saw its owner. Went, what the fuck? You you leave this guy here with me. Then that guy died. And now you're going to die. What the? I, I, have, I, I have questions about that, too. I still say the broken <laughs> clock doesn't make sense. It's like, it's not midnight. It's, you know, you made a big deal about it be having to be midnight for people to die. And it's like, oh, the the clock is stuck on midnight. Okay, the clock's broken. It's not actually midnight then. Yeah. I would, I would, You're... I want to know how they explain the dead guy on the ground. <laughs> For real. When when the cops show up, go okay. Obviously, the old man's had a heart attack, but this guy obviously has had something rip out of his face. <laughs> oh yeah. What the fuck happened to him? Force I... play. <laughs> you can't say it's natural. <laughs> Uh, did you, Sam, did you say horseplay? <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> Peter. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, that's horrifying. <laughs> oh lordy. But yeah, so that that segment is definitely uh, it's the weakest of the bunch. But I still I still love it for how silly it is. So we we cut back to the wraparound where Blondie complains that she still prefers love stories, and the kid kid convinces her that there's one more story, and it is a love story, but it's scary, too. And she's like, you still need to cook for a while, but I really would like to hear the story. So the kid <laughs> begins telling her the story. She needs to make up her fucking mind, all right? <laughs> like, right? She could have been done with she this kid a long play. time ago. 
Yeah, she's going to have to explain to all her guests, like, sorry, I got super distracted by stories. <laughs> I couldn't cook the long pig long enough. It's like, uh, you don't, you don't want to eat undercooked oh, uh... kid. <laughs> You'll get worms. <laughs> but so now we have segment three, the lover's vow. <laughs> I just put, picture it, New York, Dexter's dad sees a gargoyle kill a man. <laughs> <laughs> but, so we we meet Preston, who is a as an artist, uh, who gets he he gets called by his agent to come meet him at a bar. Oh, I'm sorry, he gets called by the bartender to come meet his agent at the bar. Um, and we find out that uh, Preston's art is not moving, so his agent drops him. So now Preston's shit out of luck. He's he's broke, and he's hanging out in the bar drinking Halston beer, as Maurice <laughs> pointed out in the last one. Um, so you got the, uh, the bartender, the barfly, which I cannot remember his name. Oh, Maddox. Maddox. The barfly. Maddox. Because yeah. I, have a, I have a thing here on Maddox. <laughs> I have a note on Maddox. Right. So we got the two of them, uh, drinking and then the bar, the bartender's like, ah, we gotta go. Closes up the bar, leaves Maddox to sleep it off in the bar. It's like, I'll let him out in the morning. <laughs> which oh, de- different yeah, times back then. Safe. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's like, yeah. wow. Well, it seemed like they were pretty close friends, too. Right. Yeah. So I can see was, why he's like, all right, sleep it off. Mm-hmm. And he, he was so plastered, he wasn't waking up to do anything. No. no. He, he, I don't think he even woke up when he heard all the commotion outside. No. So. No, he didn't. But uh, so they, they go to leave and Preston's out in the alleyway taking a leak. You know, I love it. The bartender's like, oh, couldn't you have done that inside? He's like, I did. It keeps going right through me. Yeah, I think we've all been there at least one point. Mm-hmm. But we get the POV shot from the roof, and the bartender gets attacked and killed by a gargoyle. Like, we see the POV shot swoop in on him. His hand gets swiped off. Then his head gets swiped off. Which You know why? You know why? Because he's what? wearing that stupid jacket that every bad guy in the 90s had. <laughs> that That's puffy, true. That puffy, not quite puffy jacket. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I do have to say I rewound and watched his head get knocked off like three times because it comes <laughs> off so easy. <laughs> it's, oh, just like, nice. it's just like, it's just a good laugh. Like, oh, it is. It just spun off the rack. Yeah, exactly. It just went, pew, just went flying. And so basically Pre- Preston witnesses this whole thing and the gargoyle sh- like comes up to him and says that uh, it, it'll it basically it won't kill him. So it's uh, your life for a promise. Preston agrees and it continues. If I let you go, you must swear you'll you'll never say you saw me. Never say you heard me speak. Never tell anyone how I look. Never repeat what I have said. A promise forever. Preston agrees and the gargoyle says cross your heart and then slashes him across the chest and leaves. Preston takes off terrified and then throws up. <laughs> Suddenly, Tommy Chong's daughter appears. (laughs) And I'm sorry, but he grabs her and tells her to be quiet and wards her in stages. Now, you're in the middle of, like, downtown New York, like, in a creepy fucking alley in the middle of the night. And some random drunk grabs you and is like, I'll keep you safe. Like, no. Oh, yeah, sure. You're going to stab that guy in the throat and run. You're you're going to be safe after... I'm done strangling your neck and choking you out. Exactly. As her daughter said earlier, she was like, oh, when you thought daddy was going to rape you? Right. Oh, my God. That, that <laughs> line. Like, 
remember that, you know, like that was how she told the story. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's like the way that line is delivered and her follow up <laughs> is so bad because they're like, we're celebrating our ten- the 10 year anniversary of the night we met. And she's like, oh, you mean the night that you thought daddy was going to push you up against the wall and rape you? And she's like, yes, darling, that night. <laughs> it's like, what? Doesn't well, that's when you knew mother daughter have that kind of story, though. <laughs> that's when you should have known something was off exactly it's like that's a little wrong but so you know he he basically is telling her that you know it's not not safe around there we gotta go and she's like i was trying to get a cab he's like there's no cabs around here he's like come on come to my place we'll call a cab so they go back to his place he picks up the phone and he calls the police and then remembers what the gargoyle says and hangs it up and tells her oh the line's busy we'll try again later and so one thing leads to another and, uh, you know, they start making out. <laughs> so it's like, all right. So crazy, <laughs> uh, crazy drunk dude. And you're just like, yeah, I'm going to fuck him. You do get a <laughs> dem titty. Just one. No, you get dat titty. You get dat titty. <laughs> and, and to be honest, I don't even think it's that her dat titty. <laughs> I don't think it is either, but she does do nude scenes. So it might be. Yeah. Who knows? I thought I thought she did too, and I was kind of surprised because I'm, I'm I'm also thinking it was a body double for the scene. Well, and that's the thing, like the the way you 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 see it shot, edited. yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. like yeah. it's just a close up on a random titty. <laughs> it's <laughs> like you can't see any other part of her body other than it, it, titty. It's actually Mike's. Uh, well, now that that's nice. you're you're giving me a lot of credit because that, yeah. that was a nice. That was, was a nice say- titty. That's a nice, that's a nice looking titty. I'm surprised there wasn't more sagging if it was Mike's. Yeah, yeah. There, and yeah. there should have been more hair. I mean, you yeah. know. Let's... <laughs> well, uh, the rumor is you waxed before that scene. You're not supposed to tell anybody. <laughs> <laughs> the rumor's true. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, after, after the, the, you know, they, they fuck, we cut to the next day. And uh, we see Preston... <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. That was so throw. Yeah, after though well, they fuck and they and we cut to the next day. All right. Yeah, I mean that's what happens. <laughs> yeah. But even even Poe's standing in front of me going, "Ooh, well, you didn't talk about the love making." <laughs> <laughs> we don't really see the love making. We see that titty, and then we pan up. <laughs> like, yeah, that's about it. And then the next day, we see Preston drawing the gargoyle. Carol wakes up and he quickly gets rid of the drawing. She wants to fool around again, but he tells her he has to leave and asks for her to wait for him. He goes outside and sees the police and emergency crew with the bartender's body and Maddox, who was locked in the bar overnight, freaking out, telling like screaming that his friend was killed, you know, that he wants to go home, blah, blah, blah. So Preston runs back home and finds Carol gone. Later that day, he's sketching like drawing after drawing of the gargoyle and Carola shows up at his place. He hides his art and lets her in. She explains that the girl she was staying with kicked her out because her boyfriend moved in. And Preston doesn't ask any questions. He's like, you can stay with me. <laughs> like, just, you know, very trusting individual considering he just saw his friend murdered by a gargoyle. <laughs> I think I'd be having a lot more troubles. <laughs> but uh, so, yeah, she, she moves in and she tells him that she had a chat with a friend of a friend who owns a gallery downtown. And she said how much she loves Preston's work and her friend would love to see some. Turns out that it's Victoria Rocher who owns the hottest gallery in New York. Ooh. <laughs> so now we cut to Preston's big show. He's a huge hit and uh, has already sold a piece for $23,000. You know, 
this is something that drives me crazy in, in movies and TV shows about galleries and artists. I know that people do buy crazy, like they do spend crazy amounts of money on artwork, but it is not with the frequency that people in movies and television shows like to make <laughs> yeah. it out to be. There's yeah. like like a handful of artists in the world that sell like that. Yep. Most artists are more akin to like me and Tara, where we're working conventions and little shows trying to make ends meet. You know, these these big big name artists, like, yeah, there's there's not that many. <laughs> so these starving artists they like to show and stuff like this, and they're like, well, if only I could move a piece for 50 grand, and they're like, oh, chump change. <laughs> like, no, that doesn't happen. But anyway, I digress. <laughs> so uh, while they're at the, the show, Maddox comes there and he starts talking about their bartender friend who was murdered, Jer. And uh, he goes, you know what happened, don't you? And Preston's like, I already told the police everything I know, which is exactly nothing. Go sleep it off, Maddox, and sober up. <laughs> and then we we cut to that night, like at the at back at their apartment, and we find out that Carola is pregnant. Preston just asks her to marry him. He goes, let, let's make this little, let's make this little bastard legitimate. <laughs> How long have they been together? Has it been like a week? That's like, about it. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, how does she know she's pregnant then? Like, it mm-hmm. like, I'm sorry. She's, sorry. she's a gar, she's a gargoyle. She has magic I, powers. I think that was her whole intention was that she needed to find a mate. Mm-hmm. Well, obviously. <laughs> right, which but that's what, I, but that's what I'm saying. She she might yeah. know because she's got spoopy gargoyle powers. Yep, and <laughs> so she's like, yeah. I don't I don't think gargoyles are peeing on pregnancy tests. I think they just know. You never know. <laughs> they may have special ones that uh, you know, you know those spouts. You know those the ones that are like water spouts. That's what that, those are gargoyle pregnancy tests. Oh, so they just pee on those and it rains <laughs> yes. down on people. Gotcha. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. So we cut to 10 years later when they have two kids. Uh, Preston and his agent are back together and because and, now that Preston's very successful. Um, Carola and Preston are going out to celebrate their 10-year anniversary. This is what we were talking about earlier with the uh, whole rape comment. And um, that night, Preston decides to forget his promise and tell Carola what he saw the night they met. He shows Carola the art that he made of the gargoyle and tells her what happened. She asks, why are you telling me this? And he explains that he's telling her because he loves her and the only thing he's never given her was the truth. Carola yells at him that he promised to never tell and slowly changes into the gargoyle. Preston begs her to change back, but she tells him she can't. Preston hears the kids screaming, turns around and sees that they're gargoyles too. Carola tells him because he betrayed his vow, they can, they can never be together and basically she can't turn back. He tells her that he loved her. She says she loved him too, but he broke his vow and sealed their destiny. She bites out his throat, killing him. And then Carola flies up out of the skylight, wailing, holding her children and lands on a nearby rooftop with, with her two kids where they turn to stone. So uh, you forgot sad. to mention that we got gargoyle titties, gargoyle titties. <laughs> I, I don't think I noticed gargoyle titties. Oh, I might no, have to I go back. I saw gargoyle titties. They were being they were being deflated, but they were gargoyle titties. <laughs> I'm gonna have to go back and double check because wow, I I missed gargoyle titties. How did I miss that? Oh man. Uh, yeah. So we cut back to the wraparound where Blondie is ready to to gut and cook the kid. 
And Timmy tries to tell her another story, claiming that this one has a happy ending. She tells him <laughs> that none of the stories in that book have a happy ending. She opens up the door and she's about to come and gut him. He basically tells her his story, how his brother had a paper route and he got sick, so he had to go and collect. And then this lady took him into her, into her house and tried to feed him cookies and chained him up. And, and she's like, this is your story. And we know it doesn't have a happy ending. And he's like, but she didn't know that Timmy had marbles. <laughs> and he pulls marbles out of his pocket. And he's and like, then, and then he like, made her fall because she didn't see him. Yeah. yeah. And he and throws balls. And she falls back onto the 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 uh, little rack with all the little sewing needles that she was going to sew him back up with. So they impale her in the back, and then he's like, "And Timmy saw his chance." He's like narrating his own life now, and he runs over and grabs the keys, unlocks the chains, and he's like, and he pushes her into the oven. He pushes the old you know the old witch, and Blondie falls into the oven. He closes up the oven, and she cooks away. And then he looks, he takes a cookie out of the package, looks at the screen and says, don't you just love happy endings? <laughs> Credits the end. <laughs> she Look, made no I... attempts to save herself at all. No. 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 None. no she tried to, like, take the needles out of her back, but it wasn't happening. Uh, was she or was she dancing? I don't she know. She was trying to reach <laughs> to get him out, man. <laughs> she, in, in her head, she was hearing, you know, Buster Poindexter's hot, hot, hot. You know, so she was dancing. <laughs> But uh, no, that that ending is so fast. Like it, it. I know they had to wrap oh, up yeah. the movie, but it's so fucking quick. It's like two minutes of just like Bing, 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 done. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but so overall, everybody seems to enjoy Lot Two Forty Nine. Except Sam, you like Lovers Vow best, right? Yes, but I do enjoy Lot Two Forty Nine a lot. Yeah. Too. See, I, I, I definitely, I love the the effects in Lover's Vow, and I think it's a cool story, but I like the story in Lot 249 a lot more. Like, I just, I like the characters of Andy and, and Bellingham a lot. I so, like gargoyles. Uh, they are cool. There's not, <laughs> there's not a lot of stories about gargoyles. Do you, do you think the kids mm-hmm. knew they were gargoyles? I don't think so. Yes, I do. I, I got I got the impression that like they didn't they didn't know what was happening to them when they started changing because the way they were screaming and and the way Carolus said, you know, like she was like, you know, she basically said she couldn't go back, you know, and he was like, not the children. And she's like, we can't go back. So I think it was like it was magic or whatever you want to say, like that, because she she, fell. Yeah, because he vowed to to not say anything, she was able to appear as human, and as long as no one knew she was a gargoyle, she could live a life as as a human. That's kind of the vibe I got. But all uh, he had, all he had to do was keep his mouth shut. Yeah, yeah. asshole. Yeah. Uh, that's you know what you know what your punishment is is that fucking Mortal Kombat movie. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and if that wasn't punishment enough. Psycho. psycho. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, what were you? What were you trying to say? That she also got punished too, in a way, because she would have been able to live as a human, but now she has to be stone. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like it, it, it is, it is very sad because at the end, like you could, you could tell that, you know, she wanted that life. Like that's what, mm-hmm. that's why she made him promise is because she wanted to, to live she as a human. Chose him. Yeah. But, you know, this has got me thinking now. Can, can you guys think of another movie about a gargoyle? Because I can't. I, I feel like that Gar- might be... Gargoyles the movie. Did you know about that? Come on. <laughs> well, I mean, it's the animated cartoon. It's the animated yeah. cartoon movie. 
Well, right, but that's that's not a horror movie, and and like I was just well, was Monster getting... High has gargoyles, so the Monster High movies have gargoyles in them. Well, and that's the and thing. It has a whole like gargoyle gar- gargoyle high school also that they like have matches against. See, the only thing I can think of that's like you know, uh, if, at least in film with, with anything resembling another gargoyles, Gremlins 2 with the bat gremlin, where there it turns is, into a gargoyle. You ready? You ready? There is a movie called Gargoyles from 1972. Oh, I'm going to have to look this up. And Didn't then Underworlds have like a gargoyle? Any of the Underworld movies? Oh, God. I, I I'm honestly not sure about that, but I don't I only know. Watched, I only watched the first two. I did not like those movies. <laughs> Oh, I I don't know how accurate this is, but I typed in horror movies with gargoyles, and there's uh, ten of them. Oh, I wonder how many They're, of them are like dollar store specials. Oh, well, this one they, I told they, you they, about. They look like it. Yeah, I was gonna say this one from 1972. Definitely, it's on Tubi. That's all I gotta say. Oh, <laughs> my my favorite. I love Tubi. It's, it's on Tubi. <laughs> oh, um, it's got a cast though, man. Okay, hmm. all right. Looks like I have a little research to do tonight. Yeah. Yeah. But, for wow. gargoyle like lure, like you can't even find too much on that either. Yeah. It's 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 not it's it's one of those monsters that is not used very often. It's definitely it an The first edition of D and D had it. Oh, video video games and board games and all that kind of stuff. That gargoyles are prevalent as hell. Especially yeah. in role role playing games, absolutely. Um, I mean, there there's tons of that, but I mean, like in in film and television, it's like other than the the Disney show, like has there been a lot of gargoyle pop culture? Like, I I don't I don't think there has been. And so, I'm yeah. I'm I'm gonna go down a rabbit hole. I think. <laughs> to to answer your question, it does look like one of the under uh, the underworld movies did have a gargoyle, but I'm not sure about. I'm not 100. I'm not 100 on that it yeah just, it, it may um, be something that's edited together to you know yeah. it, it did have i frankenstein listed and it does have gargoyles in that so and that was oh, some pretty okay. oh yeah pretty big movie. Those ones. Yep. yeah which i think is a very underrated movie i still have to watch that i've never seen it it's good yeah, I was gonna say I, I've heard from from you guys and, and my sister have all told me like that I need to watch it. It's just it's one of those movies that like it keeps getting pushed back for other films, and I'm like one of these days I'll get there. <laughs> just just do it. Yeah, now, I should probably do it this month where I'm I'm you know looking for other films to watch. Um, I think tonight I might watch Psycho Two finally because I I wanted to watch it last week and I didn't get around to it, and so. But anywho. Uh, the trivia, we already mentioned quite a lot of the, the trivia throughout this, but apparently also along with Dawn of the Dead, uh, Martin, the George Romero movie from 1977 is shown. Oh, it's such a good select. It wasn't the 90s sitcom. No, no, not with, not with Shanene. Um, (laughs) but no, it's, it's, uh, it's on the TV in the cat from hell segment. Um, and apparently Night of the Living Dead pops up briefly on one of the televisions. So <laughs> Romero was just like, eh, put my stuff in there. <laughs> Cheap pop. Exactly. You know what? That's so Romero. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it absolutely is. Yeah, but... get those plugs where you can. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it still blows my mind to think that, like, 
all throughout the 70s and 80s, Romero was basically still like a little like a little known film director. Like, you know, he, he was known in the horror circles, but he could never get funding. He could never get money. It's like, the, you know, he, he's he's lauded as one of the best horror directors, but like he could never get shit off the ground. It's like he thought too much for social justice. True, and he all he didn't want to play the Hollywood game that much, but yep. uh, it it is sad considering like how many of his stories are fucking awesome. Oh know? yeah, totally, is brilliant. Yeah, I, I love Martin is one of those movies I would love to get on here because that is really underrated. And man, I fucking love that flick. But anybody have any uh, any final thoughts on uh, Tales from the Dark Side the movie? Oh, I have a ton. Watch it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Don, what you got? All right, let's go back. No, I'm just joking. No, I did I did have a note in here that, like, all three had a cab driver. You couldn't just connect all three stories with the same cab driver, though. Like, they missed That's... total missed opportunity, guys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's a really good fucking point. I didn't think of that. Huh, they totally should have. <laughs> yeah. That would have been awesome. And, and if you're wondering what my Maddox uh, line thing was, it was about back when the um, he's banging on the door. He's like, open it up. Let me in. Let me in. And he's like, it's locked from the outside, you fuckhead. Like, how is Maddox going to open that door? That's right. what I was wanting to bring up. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> That's a good point, too. I didn't think yeah. of that. <laughs> like, he fucking put a chain around it. Maddox can't get out himself. <laughs> He's oh poor Maddox. I wonder if there's anything in there for him to eat other than like booze. <laughs> I'm you sure know, there's some like peanuts. You know, I'm sure there's something. <laughs> He's scrounging around looking for peanuts on the floor. Oh man. But no, I, I really do like this movie. This is this is one of those ones I watched way too much as a kid. The the two anthology movies that I watched a ton when I was growing up was Creepshow One and this. Now Creepshow Two I did like a lot, but like we never seemed to put it on as much as this or Creepshow One. But me and my sister would watch these all the fucking time. Um, and this is probably they're probably a reason. I'm sorry, this and Creepshow are probably the reason that I have such a love for anthology movies to begin with but i also love anthology tv shows like the tales from the dark side alfred hitchcock presents tales from the crib night gallery all that kind of stuff so oh, yeah. you know it's like that's probably my favorite type of horror tv show is anthologies so because you can go so crazy with it like if you watch the the modern creep show i mean where else are you going to get bob ross versus fucking deadites like <laughs> that's insane and it's so good <laughs> and the fact that, that it's actually canon, like it actually is, there's a Necronomicon and Ted Raimi's involved. It's so good. Yes. But yeah, so I think uh, if, if nobody has any anything else here, uh, we'll start wrapping it up because I know we have the a hard time limit tonight. So I feel I did, but I can't think of it now. Oh, <laughs> I know, I know what it was when when I was watching this for for the show is mm -hmm. um, I I tricked Amazon. <laughs> oh do tell as <laughs> i rented it and then um when i went like i started playing it like yesterday i i only had it said 24 minutes left on your rental i was like well shit i better start playing it right now and it went past those 24 minutes i was like i wonder if i just keep rewinding <laughs> <laughs> so all day yesterday <laughs> I just, 
I just kept rewinding it. Like, I got to the end, went all the way back to the beginning, walked the dog, let it play while I walked the dog, came back, rewound it, watched it again. Yeah. So that that was the thing. I, I tricked Amazon to letting me have it for, like, the rest of the day. They were probably like, eh, it's Tales from the Dark Side. Who cares? Well, I, I knew if I paused it, like, it was going to, like, eventually like time out and like go back to like the home screen so i was like i got yeah. people like oh, yeah. i was like let's just keep it playing i was so i watched it i watched it like four times yesterday <laughs> that ha- i'm trying to remember what movie it was that, that we that i rented for the show but that happened to me one time where i was i started watching it at work um and it was an amazon rental and then of course it got crazy busy so i never got to finish watching it and then i had too much stuff going on the next day so when i finally got back to it it was like a couple hours before the 48 hour mark and i'm like i gotta get this movie going and then i kept getting distracted and sidetracked and i was halfway through the movie and it just stopped and it was like your rental time has expired and i'm like son of a bitch and i had to rent it again i was so bad Uh... but you know eh that's life gets in the way. Yeah, but, fucking life. That's stupid. Anybody, anyone know how to uh, uh, turn on a pilot light on a hot water heater? <laughs> anybody? Yeah, you turn the knob on the bottom, and then the, like you should be able to see like it's kind of like a tube that goes towards the middle, and the like the middle part of the tube is what you want to light. So mm-hmm. once, like, you turn that knob and you kind of hear, like, some gas and stuff, if you have, like, one of those long pointer, like, lighters, you can get that in there and light it. Yeah, that's not, that didn't work. Uh, <laughs> that's not yeah. good. Sorry. Yeah, so. <laughs> Lots of short, Dawn took her dirty dishes to work. <laughs> oh, no. Nice. They're like, why do you have a bucket of dishes? I was like, I got, I'm here doing di- my own dishes with the work dishes. What's wrong with you guys? <laughs> I'm killing two birds with one stone. Yeah. Right <laughs> All right. But uh, so yeah, we'll we'll get into our social media here. So if you guys aren't following us, check us out on both Facebook and Instagram, or the Boogeyman's Closet. Uh, Maurice used to handle our Twitter. What about which... your thread? You should talk about your threads, not your <laughs> not your Twitter. We, we we don't talk we don't talk about X anymore. Yeah, yeah no. So you I, talk about your threads, which is way better. No, no, I was gonna say it's a, uh, X is now officially gone. So if uh, if you guys aren't following us on both Instagram and Facebook, you're not gonna be able to find us. So go there if you were looking for more. Uh, we also have a Patreon. It's three dollars a month for all of our unedited episodes. The higher tiers will get you stuff in the mail and uh, birthday episodes and such. Uh, we are part of the Rad Pantheon Network, uh, which is a bunch of artists, musicians, and podcasters just creating rad stuff. So check out RadPantheon.com and Rad Pantheon on all the socials. Uh, Sam, I want to give you a chance. Uh, I know you have some plugs to give, so I'm going to toss it over to Sam for a minute to give out some plugs. Go for it. Yes. So um, October 11th. We'll hopefully have either a few things, well, hopefully a few things up on the website, and then on our YouTube channel, we'll be starting in What's in Jerry's Closet, where I will um, go over what will be added to the website for um, purchase that week. So I'm going to start doing that, and then uh, this weekend and next weekend at the Treveret Tree Farm, we're going to be there with our sauces, Hollow Creek Farm Sauces and Spices. So Mm -hmm. if you're in Springville, stop on out. It's from uh, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Saturday and Sunday. 
Very cool. And uh, if you guys are checking us out on Facebook, you'll see a I posted earlier about the Hollow Creek sauces. Definitely worth your time if you like hot sauce. It's freaking awesome. I was just talking to Sam and Travis this morning about this amazing new hot sauce that they had me sample that, oh, my God, I need to order like five bottles of it. <laughs> so <damn laughs> and it will good. be at the event. So, oh, it's so fucking tasty. But definitely check that out. Um, and then hopefully deep in Jerry's closet, that uh, website will be active again soon, too. Very cool. So definitely uh, go check out Deep in Jerry's Closet for all your goodies. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, both Don and Sam, thank you for joining us. It was a, a I pleasure. I don't get to plug my shit. What are you going to plug? I didn't I know you had more plugs. Shit. I got shit to plug. Okay, Man, plug it. Okay, plug well, away. first of all, no one ever plugs my my Instagram, which is Don Don't Care. You guys should all go check that out. But uh, tomorrow night, while a bunch of people here in Buffalo are off seeing uh, Stevie Nicks, um, I'll be in Niagara Falls um, watching John Wick play uh, play bass. Just, I just wanted to plug that. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> watching John Wick play I'll bass? Be, I will be in the same room as Keanu Reeves tomorrow night. That's all I've got to say, people. That's it. You want it? We were already <laughs> talking about Christian Slater. I had to go to Keanu Reeves, too. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Well, I didn't realize that. <laughs> yeah. All right. Just so See, you guys know. You, you, you got to give me a heads up before the show that you got right? something like that. I, I got know. plugged sometimes, people. <laughs> They're not interesting. I just wanted to tell you where I was going to be. <laughs> But if anybody wants to watch our next film before we cover it, uh, we probably did this out of order because our next film uh, is going to be episode 199, Creep Show 2. We probably should have did Creep Show 2 before Tales from the Dark Side. Uh, probably should have. Yeah. 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 You know, but I, I didn't realize that uh, this was officially Tales or this was officially Creep Show 3 until I was doing research for the show. And I'm like, well, son of a bitch. <laughs> is there going to be something special for episode 200? Uh, it'll be about as special as episode 100, which means we will be doing a regular episode. Because oh. <laughs> um, to be fair, we're already at like 240 episodes if you count all the specials and other stuff. So You know, Global Bill could also make a special 200 episode <laughs> This is true. This is true. <laughs> yeah, now we, uh, you know, it's funny. When we did the Count Creepyhead uh, special uh, 100 episode I was like thinking about it I'm like yeah we didn't really do any fanfare for episode 100 and on the boogeyman's closet and uh I don't think we'll be doing any fanfare for part for 200 but you know that's because we have all the specials and stuff so we kind of forget when we actually hit those numbers yeah <laughs> it's I'm like halfway, oh shit I'm halfway through count creepy heads nice <laughs> yes. everyone to listen don't worry <laughs> I've already informed Mike don't worry guys <laughs> all right Good I guess. already informed Mike <laughs> I I I've got I I got my prizes claimed. Don't worry, people. <laughs> I know you won the prize pack I wanted. Oh, I so. lost the one I wanted, so it's all right. <laughs> I, That's I right saw, where I left off is you Daniel is them LeMay. announcing that you won that. I I saw those reaction figures and I'm like, damn it, I want to win that prize pack. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, be uh, nice to Don and maybe you'll get him for Christmas. Maybe. Oh, uh, if if you if you don't want if you don't want that Baron Harkonnen figure, uh, <laughs> nothing like a weird fat floating guy. But anyway, <laughs> Who doesn't love a weird fat floating guy. I know, right? It's like, damn, that's so cool. <laughs> but all right, guys, we're gonna wrap this one up here. So as always, this is Mike saying goodbye. Bye.
Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard, follow us on Instagram at The Boogeyman's Closet, where you can stay up to date with everything we have planned. Thank you.